Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to RU Instant Reaction Review. That was awesome. The the uh, internet radio show and podcast where two snooty movie critics for, <laughs> forego all of the talk that you usually find in reviews about cinematography and what the best boy did on the picture and all that crazy stuff. And just talk about the movie like regular people walking out of the theater. This is a new lead-in. This is not the normal. It, I'm, it is, I'm not it used is, to this at all. Would, this I is like I watching something out. This is like watching like the A New Hope with the special edition. All of a sudden, that's, a scene is supposed to cut and it just keeps going. I'm like, wait a minute, right. what are you this doing? Is, this is not the podcast you're looking for. Right. I thought I would. I thought I would start with something other than just making fun of how you're messing with the equipment for once. So I love how I, I listened to like several episodes in a row. Over the last week, like yeah. four or five of them, every single time, all we start <laughs> with is you talking during the music and me saying, I'm not messing with your headphones. Right. So anyway, okay, well, now you did, like totally ruined my little intro. But anyway, I am areyouscreening.com. <laughs> this is the greatest intro own ever. Mark Eastman. And oh, with man. me, as always, is co-host extraordinaire, Shane Leonard. Hello. And this week, we're doing Looper. And I'm going to say uh, right from the beginning, I actually have a few things that I want to talk about right at the beginning. First of all, um, you, we always have to say now, because I swear to God, I will get so You'll many get, emails. Yeah. Um, if we don't say anything, then people will ask. And it's not even like they care, but they're going to ask well, just, so, an, just so that they know to have that in the background. And it's an ingredient to the show. So Right. So we did not see the show uh Immediately, this is not <laughs> at all. Instant, whatever, We're just going right? to review the trailer, right? Um, yeah, we didn't see the movie. Who needs to see the movie, really? Right. I mean, this people, is what, this is what you can cover really just by the trailer. I think <laughs> we're going to review thirty um, movies today. That's right. Um, so, so we saw this one uh, actually Friday night. Yep. And I guess people want to know that because they want to know like how how instant is this really? You're walking right out of the theater, Ness, right? And in, in this instance, it's not, and I really think it's a good thing, <laughs> because yeah, we maybe. did like stand outside the theater for it was like an hour, ages. It was, it was pretty close <laughs> it, to an hour. It was too long. <laughs> and and what we went on and on about then was basically the very end. I mean the right. the, the end resolution of things happening. And I think that's good because hopefully, to a certain extent, we've gotten that out of our systems. Because oh, yeah. yeah. I don't think that it would end up being a good show if we talked for like <laughs> maybe five minutes about what happens in the movie and then forever went on and on about. We would go over no, like an the hour. science right. of this and <laughs> yeah. blah, 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 right? Um, so, uh, you know, just to get that out of the way, it's, it's not immediate, but I think it's a, a pretty good kind of immediate because really. Yeah, the vast majority of anything I thought about was just still the end stuff that, yeah. that we were talking about. Yeah. And and at a certain point in this show, we will get kind of spoilery. And probably when there's about like 15 minutes, just something like that, just to kind of get stuff out of the way. I don't want to go on and on right. forever about, look, if it ends this way and here's yeah, the no. problems with time travel and all that sort of thing. That's a different podcast. That's a, that's exactly. a discussion. Exactly. You know, that's right. that's stuff that would be really fun to take up on the site. You that's, know, post, post your stuff and we'll go back and right, forth. Right. But really what we want to do is 
review the film, right. you know, and we, not we necessarily might break even, it down. Because we, we might even, maybe we could, like, jump in for, like, another show, maybe. like, on the Blu-ray release that would date be cool. or something like that. And then we can and then we can hash out all our problems with how time travel works. Before, well, and before we started even, before we put the headphones on to get on, we were talking, but um, I was about to say to you, like, I think we can do a portion of the show without spoilers. But then, right. really, to talk about the film as a whole, we, we I think we have to kind of say, like, okay, now... This is a film that really does suck if you get it spoiled. So, thanks for listening. And now we're going to have to tell you something, you right? Uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll see how that goes. I think that I'll we, do it right I, now. I think that yeah. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> I think there uh, there is a point when we get towards the end of the show, well, where we will talk about some things and it'll be spoilery, yeah. and I guess we'll let you know and you can yeah. you can get out. It's in a certain way though. It kind of doesn't exactly spoil things i guess i I don't know i don't know i i went to a film it's it's spoilery for sure but it's it's kind of not even what this movie about is about the funny thing is that before we went into the theater i was uh telling you about how all of these reviews that i saw and i try not to read like the whole review but i get like the little (laughs) snippets and they're all talking about the emotions of the characters and the things that happen and we walk out of the theater and, you know, it's like, oh, time travel doesn't work this way or, <laughs> yeah. or how come this is like this in the movie if right. supposedly time travel does this. And yet, really, I mean, the movie is just kind of all about the emotions of uh, of people. And it's just the, yeah. the time travel is just how we get the action and why we're talking about it and right. how we can talk about it, I guess, how we can talk about you know, having a conversation with your well, with it's an, yourself. It's an interesting film. You know, there are um, there are there are motives and themes, and you know, the story that Johnson really wants to tell could be told without time travel. You know, really, at, kind at of, its heart, there's yeah. there's a way to tell the story. But what he wants to do is use a fun dinner trope of conversation right. and, and say, you know, if you could do this in time travel, do you think you would or should or ultimately, you know, could you do it? Right. And and by that, that's a device that that helps facilitate the story along um, in a lot of ways. So, um, I, I mean, I went to this film thinking that I was going to see a film based on the trailer. And when I say that there are certain spoiler things in it and what you're saying about there's a lot of emotion in the characters – it, the best part of this film was being surprised. You right. know, to be literally, right. I, I, I hadn't, um, when we do a film, I know you don't always look at a bunch of reviews unless there's an overswelling right. you know, push to either it's the greatest film of all time or this is the worst film well, of all if, time. Especially and if it's you'll the investigate. Opposite, right? right. If, it, if I'm, <clears throat> if I'm, Looking forward to a movie going, this is going to be really good. Right, now, exactly. all of a sudden, everyone's it, trashing it. Right. And I'm like, okay, okay yeah, i got to see what's right, going right. on. But but for the most part, when I know we're going to do a film, I stay away from reviews yeah. until we've seen it because I really do want to do like a kind of instant reaction, not to be like, well, you know, Ebert said, and I agree. You know, I, I don't want to do that. So I was I was very, very surprised in the best of ways to see that there's another movie going right. on this, when this it, film is it, happening. It's not quite. It, it isn't like right. going to see a preview of Total Recall and knowing that, you know, these guys are going to run around with space guns and jets and, you know, lasers and stuff. Actually, all of a sudden, halfway through, seeing like this really awesome story surprise and unfold in front of you. Right. And then kind of do that again. Like there's another like subset of a story. Yeah. And, and then just be like, what the hell is going it's on? Kind this of is like, awesome. It's kind of like, because this is the movie that you probably have to mention 
with this movie or that's going to be mentioned all the time, even by Ryan Johnson himself, is the Terminator. Right. Because you kind of think you're getting the Terminator, and you're really not. Right. I mean, it's you're still it, getting it, it it's but got, you're getting a whole right. lot more. It, it, it's got the whole time travel thing going on, like the Terminator, yeah. and it's got action yeah. parts to it and everything, but it's really not. Right. It's really not that movie. And the trailers kind of lead you to believe it really does that you're going to get something really pretty close in genre. Okay, but (laughs) before we really jump into the movie, um, the other thing that I wanted to say is that we still have the contest going on uh, at the site. If you're listening now, you have to go back and and also, of course, you know, call in the chat rooms open if you happen to be live. And how awesome would it be to hear some people? Who about, just seen about this, this right. movie, right? It would be the most awesome thing to have someone seeing the movie right now call and be like, oh my God, what does this mean? <laughs> exactly. Be like, well, or they just walked out of it. Right. They go, okay, go. Yeah. Like, so this, <laughs> yeah. this, this, go. What's your, yeah. Um, this would be a great movie for people to call in. But, any, really but, but anyway, there is still a contest going on at the site. You have to go back to find out how to do anything about the, con- the contest. You have to go back and listen to last week's show uh, on Dread. Mm-hmm. And everything is explained during that show. And um, I mean, you know, if you didn't hear it, you want to go listen to it anyway, right. obviously, right? right. Um, but all the details are in that show, and the the contest has, you know, we have the page for that podcast on the website, and it involves leaving a comment and doing some other things and everything. But yeah. what you get is. Uh, Conveniently enough, the Terminator four movie anthology. Right. So since we get to talk about the Terminator, Perfect. all four Terminator movies on Blu-ray, in one package, and and man, just jillions of special features on that thing. Right. Even though it is kind of just a bundle, you know, it's right. it's it's stuff that's been released before. It's just all now all in one, all now conveniently packaged. Anyway, so we have that, and you know, the other thing is that. Uh, I have no idea what we're going to see next week. So, it, huh. if you, there's Taken Two, right? But I Electric Boogaloo, I, I that could, would be awesome. I could be easily persuaded against Taken Two if there were something well, more interesting. Isn't there like three? I mean, <clears throat> there's like Frankenweenie. Frankenweenie. There's Tank and there, two. there's a couple movies for sure mm-hmm. that ha- are not coming out this week, but we haven't done them. Right. So uh, the point of bringing that up though is send us emails. Uh, leave comments on the site, maybe on this podcast or whatever. If if people want us to do something next week, we could be easily swayed against Taken 2. I think Taken 2 maybe is probably like the default of next week. It's funny. I forgot, honestly, I mean, not that this, you know, spoils anything. I just, I forgot Taken 2 was coming out. I thought the default was Frankenweenie, which is really weird. Right. Like in my head, I was like, I didn't. I didn't remember Taken Two was coming out. It'd be good yeah. to see a, a. It would be nice to see a good Tim Burton movie this year, you know. Yeah, maybe. It, maybe it would. Maybe it would. I don't know. Well, maybe we'll do Frankenweenie. Well, no, I'm just. That's maybe more about Dark maybe Shadows. people will write in. That was more like my last my last dig at Dark Shadows not being that great. Um, so anyway, if if you want us to do something else, let us know, yeah. and we will, you know, take your suggestions with. Due consideration, and maybe maybe that's, <laughs> that's what we'll do. Very diplomatic so, way of saying it. Hey, we got clips too. I forgot about that. We do have some clips, and I'm thinking we may uh, go to those pretty early. All right. Um, just because they kind of set the the 
tone for what we're talking about, maybe. Cool. And it's just cool to have some clips of uh, one's Ryan Johnson, one is Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Bruce Willis, and they're both kind of talking about the story and the emotions. And I just I like the Joseph Gordon-Levitt clip; it's really cool. Okay. But uh, just you know, for anyone who doesn't happen to know, we'll just run through like really quickly. Looper is. Uh, we're in the future in like 2034, maybe 34 or, or 44. I can't remember which. I think it's somewhere around there. And then the other timeline that is relevant is like 74. Right. It's so 30 years in addition. Maybe so, yeah. it's 44 and 74 or whatever. Right. So Joseph Gordon-Levitt is Joe, mm-hmm. who's a guy who works for the mob. And the way our strange, uh, I guess, time travel kind of thing works is that. When Joseph Gordon-Levitt exists, time travel has not been invented, right. but it's going to be somewhere very close to 2074. Right. And it's obviously immediately outlawed, I guess. Yeah. Except wisely so. Whatever that means, really, because it's available enough that the mob can just have it. Right. You got to think somebody that, else right. has it, right? Somebody else. But anyway, the mob in the future. There's something about the future where. It's insanely hard to dispose of bodies, I guess. Geotagging you, and you, chips, you can't, the future, yeah, that's they, lying. They've got it. If you kill somebody in the future, they're going to find the body right. no matter what you do, apparently, yeah. and it, the police are going to know or whatever. And it, presumably you'll be caught. Right. Mm. Whatever it is, it's just some uber-complicated thing right. that they just say, hey, let's just it, what we, back in the past. There's yeah. no way to do it, basically, they're trying to say. So, right. Even the you would think potentially expensive thing <laughs> that it must be to send, time send people back yeah. in time to get right. rid of the bodies, <laughs> but that's what they do. So the mob in the future uh, has actually sent a, a mobster from the future, Abe, <laughs> Abe, to uh, kind of be in charge of what they're calling the loopers, right? And and so Joe, you know, he takes Joe under his wing and there's a whole story to that. Right. Um, and, and he becomes a looper and the deal of the looper is that eventually, and, and for some reason about 30 years in the future, everyone is sort of the same. I, I mean, right. for the initial story, right. <laughs> and not the, when the rainmaker comes in, whatever. <laughs> but, um, Eventually, what will happen is, uh, so they send people back. You just stand there with a shotgun in a field or wherever it is. There's all kinds of loopers, so they all have their own spot. Plot, yeah. And uh, you stand there, and all of a sudden, someone will appear who's been sent back through time, and they'll be they'll have their hands tied, they'll have a bag over their head, yep. and you kill them and dispose of the body, and then the ma, you know, then Abe pays you off. Right. So uh, it's all very straight. So there's silver attached to the person you kill. Mm-hmm. So you turn them over, get your pay, and then you go. You dispose of the body. And, and, then, and, and then you, you go shuffle you, paperwork you with Abe. Out. Right. right. <clears throat> this all sounds very like heavy or like awkward. Actually, the, the stylistic presentation of it in the first six or seven minutes makes this very when, easy. When they tell the story, it's yeah, very, it's really, it's very, really not that well you're doing done. a bad job with it. It's just it, you start talking about time travel and you this and that. You think that – They do it so great. Right. You think that this mm-hmm. probably takes a half an hour right. of the movie and it's all uh, crazy. It's but, very quick. But no, it's, it's very quick and simple. But the key to the looper is that eventually they will send you back. Right. 
so that your young self can kill your old self. And that's just the deal that you make is that it, it, we have to close the loop, I guess. They, they very, talk about yeah. it. And why you have to do that, I think, is v- left very open. open. And I, I'm not <laughs> sure if it right it is some rule we've discovered about time travel that you'd better do that, or it's just a mob thing where they go, we want that to happen. I think it's a mob and, thing. It really exists just for the story otherwise right. you wouldn't you have your old it, what, exactly what you would do in a real life there are there are little things that happen in the film and not to jump you know into it too much they just they don't make sense you're not and right. even later in the film the characters encourage you to just get over it they literally right. say don't think about it right you know right. they they honestly say this but the, there there the easiest is thing, there is a point to this movie where if and it's actually becomes one of my problems with the movie a little bit is yeah. that you can't think about everything right. because you will find well, the gaps. The two characters from the future, and, and I'll, I'll make this quick so we can keep going with this. The two characters from the future at two different specific times tell the main character, Joe, don't think about the future. It gives you a headache. Right. Abe says that. And then later, you know, Bruce Willis says, old Joe says, look, this is just not going to work. We'll be here all damn right. day drawing right. maps on the table. Like you're, right. it's, it's both the, the story and the director's way of saying, think about this later. Just, we just got a story, along. like right. play along right. for right now. But the funny thing is, in the real world, if all of this stuff happened, you wouldn't send your future self back to close the loop. On the last target before you were done, there would be a note taped to the silver saying, "You're all done, kid." You know, or they even say in the film, "When you're done, your looper, your looper contract closes when you shoot yourself, and you have gold instead of silver." Right. The gold should tell you that was your last hit. You're all done. Right. But that doesn't serve the story, which needs your future self to come and. Right. And then go. and then it's funny because then the uh, the loopers in the present of the movie. Right. Then they <laughs> they. Fun. That's a good way of putting it. They close their loop. Right. Yeah. And then it's like so now they're out. Now they don't have to do anything anymore right. either. They don't. They don't work for Abe anymore. Right. They're out. They have a big party. And yeah. then it's like, hey, man, go enjoy your 30 years. Right. And you have a big chunk of gold and everything. And, yep. and and you even get like, I think, it looks like, you get like more gold than you got silver. You get like a big ending payday. Right. I mean, it's, that's the way it looks. It, it's not like there's yeah. a little bit extra. It's like you get a big yeah. payday. Yeah. So then go enjoy your 30 years. So, okay, it's, it's taken us forever to even get through the movie. So what happens is that uh, Bruce Willis, who is old Joe, uh-huh. Joseph Gordon-Levitt is young Joe, young Joe, Joe. right, Joe, right. whatever. So Bruce Willis uh, comes back, and he doesn't have the hood on, uh-huh. which makes Joseph Gordon-Levitt kind of hesitate. Right. But he doesn't hesitate very long. Right. And, you know, luckily, whatever, old Joe knows how to knows what's about to happen, knows how to get out of it, at least well enough. And he escapes. Right. And man, can you not have that? (laughs) I don't know. The mob is really serious that that's not going to happen. And we see another looper who runs into the same situation conveniently, mm-hmm. right? And right. we see the lengths that the mob will go to make sure that we don't have the open loops right. because that is just majorly bad. Right. Not even sure what it is exactly that they're so scared of happening, but they mm-hmm. are all kinds of serious about yeah. that is not going to happen. Right. So now Joe, young Joe, I mean, he's on the run from the mob mm-hmm. and he's got to go find himself to kill himself. 
which I just feel like that's maybe just the tiniest, tiniest problem of the thing is I feel like maybe you'd have a little bit more problem with that. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he's on board. Right gung-ho like right away i mean he knows the mob is really seriously going to kill him right now and then he's not going to have any life or or they're going to do bad. it's not going to end well right. for him whatever it is that happens but you'd think that maybe he would have like a little bit of hesitation yeah. to go hey you know it's me I well, and he, <laughs> he, yeah and to his credit though he's shown he's he's a likable enough guy but he is a selfish guy he makes a choice right he, he gives up his you know, he makes it. He makes an emotional choice when his friend is in trouble to sacrifice his friend for his money. Right. And he's basically showing through little snippets that he's planning for the future. He's learning another language. You know, he's storing this money away like a squirrel, um, waiting for the winter where he's not going to be working. So I kind of I see what you're saying too, but I kind of am like you know no I his, mean it, it does no you it, would it think a person would be like I can't it, believe it, I'm going to go kill the myself. character pretty well but it's, he, it's just that it's kind of like it is man funny. I mean really you wouldn't have house, a moment how yeah. serious you are you could he, pause a yeah. little bit go maybe I <laughs> yeah. should try to help myself escape or you know whatever but we do yeah. see like you're saying we do see the future Joe has <laughs> in those thirty years. And and pretty quickly, and in it really in a pretty good montage of time, really good sequencing, yeah. where in a lot of movies they don't know that's bad and boring, and they don't know how to do it very well. And in this movie, that's done really well. Right. And we do see that you know obviously he is just a selfish, useless, he's just a punk, you know. Whatever and he says, I just want my life. He, back, he doesn't. He doesn't know? get. He doesn't right. get anything. Yeah, I mean, he's he, not he, thinking too far ahead, which right. is very he, funny. He doesn't. Enough. He doesn't have the great, the great life that he's saving himself for, right. or whatever. It's not like I have to kill my older self so that I can keep living because I plan to do a lot of great things with that time or anything. Right. Right. So anyway, so that's basically the movie in a nutshell. Is we've got um, yeah, basically he's just trying to track down. We've his got older self. older Joe comes back and escapes. He has to try and track him down, but at the same time, he's got to kind of keep himself free from the mob, right? Because if the mob gets him, it's going to be bad because the mob has its ways of dealing with the escaped old Joe and they involve right. not a happy time for the young Joe. So he's got to stay <laughs> right. away from them too. Right. So everybody's chasing everybody and it's this whole like complicated thing. And then what, what we get after a little, a little while, I guess is a more detailed account of exactly why old Joe is escaping. And, um, it's kind of funny. I, I'm just going to throw this out real quick because one of the things that I saw Ryan Johnson talking about, which we talked about on the way out of the movie, is that when old Joe comes back and he escapes, and then after just like a couple of minutes, then suddenly we get an, another thing happen where we see it happen again, except that old Joe gets killed right. and young Joe goes on with his life. And this is when we get we get to see through the years of those 30 years and everything. Right. And we were kind of going, I mean, why, why both? And how, what does that do? And right. what's the logic behind that? And uh, so there's an interview where Ryan Johnson was talking about that. And he said, basically the only reason he did that is because if you don't have that part, then old Joe actually becomes your main character. Right. And I thought and, that was smart. And I want young Joe to be the main right. character. So you have to have that thing where you get it this other way right. and go back through it again when he does die. 
And once he said that, you're like, God, that's really pretty genius it because is. you wonder about it at the end of the movie, but it's not anything that's like kind of problematic in any way. Right. It's just something that you go, hmm, hmm. what's that right. about? Exactly. And, and, and then it makes perfect he sense. He diffuses it perfectly it, it, by explaining it. it. it exactly yeah. how that should be. Um, so anyway, so what we, what we get is more explanation of why, you know, he decides he has to escape, not that anyone wouldn't try to figure out how they were right. going to escape, right? <laughs> yeah. But there is this new crime boss in the future that they call the Rainmaker. Yep. And uh, he's really horrible. Mm -hmm. He's very he's, mysterious, he's taken very over, scary. He's taken over all of the other mob bosses or whatever and yeah. consolidated the worldwide mob or right. something who Into, knows right who knows what he's become and this, he did it very quickly he's become this completely horrible person right and it's kind of like he just showed up one day and then boom he took over right and there's rumors and there's yeah. mystery and nobody knows and everything but what happens is that when they come to take uh joe as we know they're going to right uh, he has by now finally fallen in love uh, with an Asian woman yep. that um, he doesn't get a lot of those 30 years with her, but he gets five. I would say I was going to say I, I, think, I, was I think it's about six, five. <clears throat> and, you know, he's a completely changed person. She saved him from himself and right. the whole nine yards there. And she ends up getting killed mm -hmm. during his getting taken. Right. Which he now obviously blames on the Rainmaker because the one thing the Rainmaker is doing is that suddenly a lot of loops are closing, yeah, really close, very time, suddenly, yeah. And you get the impression that you know, under normal circumstances, it's like every once in a while this happens, right? It's n it's you know every few months or year someone's loop will close, right? Now all of a sudden it's like we're just closing all the loops, right? Which is, I guess, clearly the Rainmaker. Yeah, at work. And so now Bruce Willis blames this all on the Rainmaker. So he wants to escape so that he can kill the Rainmaker right. in in this earlier time and then just avoid the whole thing. Right. Which may or may not make a lot of sense, actually, because you knew we were even in the old version. Eventually, we were going to close the loop and then maybe she gets killed then. And it's not the Rainmaker. It's right. just the regular mob. But right. But anyway, that's so that's what happens. So the whole movie just becomes kind of this chase about, you know, finding Bruce Willis, but then we've also got the the mob people who are trying to find either of them, mm -hmm. who, whoever they can find. And it eventually comes down to uh Bruce Willis has this one piece of information, right. this that one, no one else has. one big long number with that he can figure out who the Rainmaker is. He right. knows this much about the Rainmaker's identity. And the trouble with that is that it, when he goes back 30 years, the Rainmaker is going to be a little kid. Right. And unfortunately, it doesn't pinpoint him exactly. Right. It only gets our situation down to three kids. This is the, this is the Terminator homage. And where... now we've got what's Bruce Willis going to do with that. Right. And and then already you're kind of getting into spoilers, right? So, so uh, about well, how that goes down and what happens. We can, you know, and 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 basically like what you said, that's the film. You know, it's a chase film. Everyone's trying to get to this one specific goal, and at some point 
Joseph Gordon-Levitt is he's almost at the center of the maze just waiting for everyone right. to get him. Right. And he's basically prepared and to he, get him, and his he old self, the mob. And he doesn't anything. really know how, where, how he's supposed to go about <laughs> finding Bruce Willis, especially right. after a certain point. There's one point where he finds him. Yeah. And uh, it, <laughs> it's you know, it's interesting. I won't even spoil how he how he does that because right. it's an interesting it's part, part and it's a fun line. But we know that eventually they kind of meet up in this diner. Yep. And they sit and talk to each other, and and young Joe is just going, "Look, I'm going to kill you." And right. why, why would there's why surely there hard, there's yeah. no reason for me not to kill you and yeah. you know, whatever because and old Joe is just sitting there as the thirty year old. 30-year-older version of yourself would, and right. just looking at you going, you're such an God, idiot. You're, an idiot. you're, you're so, so headstrong. Right. I can't believe I was this dumb. Right. You and, know? and that scene, man, is like worth the movie in itself. It is. But um, before we start with our taking it apart, I want to play these clips cool. just, just because they're fun. But, and, yeah, and, and, and they're not very long. They I, I will short. give you right now, uh, uh, to start with that, they're not like earth-shattering type things. No. One of them is from a panel at Toronto International Film Festival. One yeah. of them is just kind of a press thing. So they're okay. they're kind of interesting, but it's not like uh, an interview where someone was going, "All right, damn it, Ryan. Now right. what about yeah. <laughs> you know?" Right. It's not okay. like we're getting into deep stuff. So this first one's Ryan Johnson. Well, I I wrote the idea for it a long time ago. I wrote it as a short film that I never ended up making uh, about 10 years ago, and I remember telling Joe about it when we were at Sundance with Brick, and um, I had been reading a lot of Philip K. Dick at the time, and so I think I was just kind of, I had, I was kind of steeped at the, in that moment with a lot of sci-fi, and uh, yeah, the idea just sprung in, and and really it's, it's um, you know, the, the, I guess what appealed to me about it was it seemed like a way of doing what I, I love in science fiction, which is using a kind of twisty magic trick of a sci-fi plot, using this kind of weird magical thing of time travel um, to set up a very human situation. And so that's Ryan Johnson. And, yeah. and he actually, I just have to say, because he has kind of a crazy voice yeah. when you're listening to him. Yeah. But um, the reason that I wanted to play that clip is you know not that it like I said it doesn't really give you anything very interesting but it's almost like he stole that from me because like I'm always <laughs> saying that about sci-fi like that is what's so cool about sci-fi is you do some crazy thing that you can only do with sci-fi and the only reason you do it is just to say things about real life right. about how things really right. are and it was really cool just to have him you just wanted to be validated just to have him yeah. give the same story okay so this one's from uh, Toronto with uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Bruce Willis. Movies can serve as a great warning and, and a, a mirror, a reflection. I, I think it's... I like when a movie uh, has something to say like that and, and can point out certain things that maybe we don't, we don't notice every day about our worlds or about ourselves. And, uh, so, and I think that's kind of the purpose of, of telling stories. And it's something we've always done as human beings is, is tell stories that, you know, and whether the story is about the future or it's, it's a history story about the past, um, it's, it's all in service of, of learning more about ourselves right now. And, uh, you know, I think 
every really good movie does that. It's really an emotional film, and I, and when I saw it, I was, I was emotionally moved by it. I wasn't expecting that to happen, just based on us, on this science fiction idea. Bruce is a man of few words. So now, yeah, exactly. Well, you know, that's just so that I could say. No, I know. I played Bruce Willis's <laughs> interview on the show. Yeah. You know, no, that I think the two key things of the reason I wanted to play that clip is um, because one, I think Joseph Gordon-Levitt is exactly right about movies yeah. in general. And I think it's interesting because if you're looking about, you know, we talk all the time about how we rate movies and how does a, a movie get to be four versus three stars and, and all that sort of thing. And, you know, if you're judging a movie, if part of what you're trying to say makes a great movie a great movie is that people walk out of the movie and then talk about it for weeks. Right then, I mean, man, is this like the five-star movie, like right. to end all five-star movies, because yeah. it just does that. And it's kind of in conjunction with what Bruce Willis says, and I I just actually thought it was, it surprised me yeah. in the middle of, you're at Toronto International Film Festival in a big panel, and what you don't expect Bruce Willis to talk about in the movie he's in is man the emotions just right it, uh, it totally took me just blew right. me away right right that it's just it's so a just kind of surprising because that's just not what you're you're thinking he's going to say about a movie he's in is that I read the script and the emotions were just so awesome that I had to be in it right, right. but it's just so oddly true right. that it you know there's so much to the emotions going on in this movie of you know, Bruce Willis's character, by the time he comes down and sits down to have coffee with his younger self, the sense in which they just actually are completely different people, mm -hmm. as though they, you know, could not be farther away from each other. And the emotions that happen in the movie of getting to the places we get to, right. even though it's all about time travel, but right. still, even... For Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character, like, there are still parts in the end, and, like, I won't get too spoilery about it, but there are not only the emotions, but the emotions of what they go through, like, so fast and how that makes them different people. When Bruce Willis comes back, you know, you kind of look at him, even though maybe it's a little weird and maybe it's a little fuzzy in places, you kind of look at him as, like, you know, if I go back in time and I get to kill Hitler... And all I get are this thing where I know it's one of these three people. Right. It, I don't know that for everyone that is either either way that that is a really clear answer to that. Like, right. do you do that or do you, or do you not do that? Do you whack these three kids because you're going to prevent Hitler from doing everything Hitler did? Yeah. I don't think anyone has like a real clear answer on, on where they would go. I mean, some people do, obviously. Some people right. would be very easy <laughs> right. to right. answer that question and go, yep, sure. <laughs> right. Do it right now. But what happens to him in the movie when he kind of goes through all of the process that's involved in what he initially thinks of 
very simply as I'm just going to go back in time and prevent the Rainmaker from causing all these problems. Right. And by the time we get to Bruce Willis, having gone through whatever he goes through, he's already a very different person, too. Right. And Joseph Gordon-Levitt, from the time that he's sitting down with his older <laughs> self to the time that, that we get to the end of the movie, he's a very different person, Absolutely. too. And the fact that this movie can deliver all that stuff right. in that amount of, it's in that amount of time is – yeah, I mean – this is one of those movies where it's it's a smaller thing. It's a lesser known writer and director, even though he's got Brick and uh, what else? The Brothers, the Brothers Bloom, Bloom. And, which both you know got really good critical response and were very cool. Did not really probably get very many right. people to see them and everything, but people people know that there's something there. Yeah. But, you know, a bigger guy where we have to spend a bigger budget and, and all that stuff, and they see, like, the script, and the people who give things the green light are going, man, can you get that right. done yeah. in this movie? Is right. That, I, I'm, not I'm not so sure, sure that you're going to – Because we can't, you know. I'm not sure you're going to manage that, and and if it goes wrong, everyone's going to hate it. Right. If you If you do what this movie's doing and you can't pull it off and you do it wrong – now you're suddenly like in the Razzies, right? Right, with exactly. Like, with like Bruce Willis, <laughs> you know, showing up in like one of the dumbest movies of the year or something. If this goes wrong, it's a complete train wreck. So right. you try to sell this movie like way up the food chain in, you know, to big giant studios. And there are just a lot of people along the way who are going <laughs> to look at it and go, mm. yeah. Right. You know, there's this romantic comedy I could spend my money on right. that I know I'm going to get right. a big return. You know, whatever. Or we'll finance this if you just take this whole emotional thing or, out and or, just have right. them yeah. chasing each other yeah. and shooting because we know Bruce Willis will make us because we know the, we know the Terminator will work right. and make us money. And you just you have the same things, but you just tone down all this other talking you want to do. Right. So um, before we do anything spoilery, though, just, I mean, we should just go through, uh, I guess, a list. I don't even know probably how to start talking about this movie. This movie is like the exact opposite of when we saw Resident Evil. Yeah. When we saw Resident Evil, it's like, I don't know how to talk about anything because <laughs> it's all so ridiculously horrible that right. where do you start? And this movie is like the exact opposite. I loved everything about this yeah. movie. And we did have – I don't want to overlook these because there are only a few, but we did have a couple of problems with the movie. One is that there is a part where it just really kind of slows down, mm -hmm. and it's not even a horrible thing, and it's not, it's not the kind of problem with a movie where I would say like maybe in like Lawless – Right. Where it got so slow and stuff that you were just sitting there going, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Jesus, I'm bored and right. do something. And they, the movie was so focused on um, how much it wanted to talk about this stuff that it thought was really interesting and it was wrong that it really damaged the movie. This is a much shorter part mm -hmm. um, and it, it's maybe like a – 15-minute span or somewhere like right around there, and it just kind of slows down, and it's not even horrible. The problem with it is is that it's like the movie suffers in this moment 
for the fact that all the rest of the movie is so good. Right. Because you, like I said before, you probably wouldn't even notice it in a, in, in another, another movie. movie. Yeah. It's just that everything around it in this movie is so perfectly done. Yeah. And I mean, really, really good. That you get to this part and you go, eh. and like I was uh, saying when we walked out, this is one of those things where I feel like if he just had maybe five or six more movies under his belt by the time he got to this, he would know how to take that whole like half hour mm-hmm. and weave things together a little slicker. Right. So that it just you came out the other end of what we had to do there because the stuff you the stuff that happens there you really you got to want to have right. It's not like we're just babbling about <laughs> stuff we don't need and wasting time. Right. We need that stuff, but we just could have had that come together a little better. And then uh, for me, my only other problem with the movie is very generic and really not that big a deal. But this movie really demands that you think about time travel and really kind of shoves things about time travel in your face so that you kind of can't, like we were talking about the Terminator has this time travel stuff, but then it just wants to chase and run around and it doesn't come back at you going. And because of the time travel, this and this and this, and really kind of get into this exposition about it. So, you know, if there is a problem with the time travel in Terminator, you just, let it go. Right. It's, you know, whatever. It's not that big a deal. You, you know, I'll be back and right. whatever. In this movie, it's a different kind of kettle of fish that we're in where we really kind of focus on it. And when you do that, then it's hard to avoid the part where, where you go, but wait a minute. That, right. After a while, you know, right. right when the movie ends, you don't care at all. Right. You're just like, that was awesome. Right. right? But then, the you know, like we said, this is a movie you're going to talk about. Yeah. You're going to, you're, you are going to, for like the next two to three weeks, everyone you're, you talk to, you're going to ask them if they saw Looper so right. that you could talk about it. I mean, it right. is that, it is that, it is much that fun. movie yeah. when you walk out. You, if this is a movie like if you saw Alone, I would just hate to be, that would be like a punishment. Right. Is to force right. somebody to watch this yeah. movie alone and walk out of the theater and be all by themselves and have no, no one, one to bounce the ideas off of. Right. Or Even run the, like when we were, when we were walking out, there was some group of like yeah. eight or nine people or something and they didn't even make it all the way out of the theater. Right. They like stopped in the theater yeah. and just started going yeah. at, at each other yeah. and, and this is this and that is that and whatever, that awesome. whatever they were talking about. We walked by them. And like you said something that I was like trying to listen to them and they're all, yeah, they they were all so into it, but I swear, I can't imagine who you would be that know. you would, that be, would be rough, be able to walk out of this by yourself and just go, all right. Yeah. And, and not, but I, I guarantee people who see this movie, you are going to be asking everyone, yeah. you know, if they've seen it because you want to know what they thought about this and that. Well, like I said in the beginning, I don't usually look to the reviews until I've seen the film and I know how my review feels. Right. And then I'm curious. I, there are message boards lighting up everywhere. People are like, well, this happens oh, and yeah. this means this. And no, this is this person and you didn't recognize. And I'm like, wow, this I, is really what they want. It is like all it's great. over the place. It's and great. It's, it's funny too because the, there are a couple. It's like, well, so the third time I watched the film – I noticed that, and I'm like, wow, you saw it three yeah, times already? Yeah. How do you even have time? Well, I told you when we first sat down that I had a friend call me right. in the afternoon. <laughs> right. It was it was like three in the afternoon, just enough time to have seen the one o'clock show, 
And he he might have been this guy you were talking about. I don't know because he <laughs> literally because that's might, why he had to text. He you. literally <laughs> sent me a message and then called and said, "Have you seen Looper?" Um, yeah, and I didn't get it. I had the voicemail. Uh, you know, he's like, "Have you seen Looper? I, I, I need to talk to you. You got to go check it out. It's the most amazing thing ever. I'm going back in right now." Right. <laughs> so right. he walked you out of the theater, wanted to talk right about in. it, and went right back in. And, yeah. I, and that's exactly what you're talking about. He. I don't know where his mind is at this moment. It might be like curdled on right. the puddle outside of his feet. But. I know. I don't even know. Uh, so for me, really, that's kind of the only the only real detractions I had for me is that eventually the movie forces you to kind of get around to start saying, well, so what about this Rainmaker? And so what about when this happens? And, well, how does that work with way back when we were talking about right. something? So, and you know, not like that's a problem of the of the movie. It's just that, yeah, it's, <laughs> there are notices. It's just that, as Brian Johnson said in that one thing I was showing right. you, you know, you have to apply a certain magic logic to right. the right. time travel movie, and, and I'm okay with that. I know. I am too, and and that's the only way you're going to get a time travel movie to work. No matter what right. time travel movie you make, right. Yeah. You know, eventually somebody's going to be going, well, but wait, is that how it works or is that not right. how it works? And, uh, you know, it's one thing to uh, be really solid in how your movie is saying it works. And then it's another thing to what everyone else is going to come up with right. that, you know, it's just it's too complicated yeah. a thing to not just at some point go, look, this is like like he says, this makes sense in like a storytelling kind of way. Right. And it does. It makes right. complete sense. Right. Um, but it's it's like now we have to end on time today. So we'll quit talking. <laughs> right. So but I don't even know, like I said, I don't even know how to get to all the good things. But I think I yeah. think one of the things in this movie that um thankfully doesn't spoil too much but kind of sums things up for me is that talk they have in the cafe which I think for me like delivers it's one of those things where you have like the whole movie in one small scene of the movie right you know and it's like you get everything and it's um, you know it's like very famously a Robert Altman thing to try and do and like the in McCabe and Mrs. Miller there's Mm -hmm. like the scene on the bridge and that is like historically become right like the example of doing this. But I think that movie like really sums up everything that I love about the movie all in like one part. Bruce Willis is so good. And we were even talking about Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who now has to, to some degree or another, do an impression of Bruce Willis for the whole movie. Right. And now he's got the makeup. And I do want to say this because it's just, I just think it's a thing. I think it's kind of unnecessary. I don't know that they needed to do the makeup on him. I think he just could have been him, and we could have just ran with it. And it's, you know, it's a time travel movie. Do we really need to worry about the fact that they don't look all that much alike? But anyway, it's it's not a big thing here or it there. It looks awesome. I just feel like maybe they didn't it looks great. absolutely need to bother with it. But anyway, but he does, despite the makeup and everything, he has to do a Bruce Willis impression. And he did it exactly perfectly, which I it just shocked me all through the movie. Every time there was like another part of the movie yeah. where he did something like so well, I just couldn't believe it because this another thing we were talking about too. You can't do it too good, right? 
you have to do an impression of the younger Bruce Willis that you don't know and don't have in front of you to try to copy. Right. You have to not be exactly the way Bruce Willis is. You kind of have to be like the – he hasn't absolutely solidified those mannerisms yet. You know, or right. or but the, you see or the, the start way of that them. he talks. Yeah. He doesn't talk. You know, it's not going to be thirty years later, and you're going to talk the same way. Right. You're going to talk in like a similar way. Right. But and he and he, he nails it. that Perfect. so it's perfectly. Really great. And it comes through so well in in that scene, especially even the the reactions like that he doesn't have. Yeah. Like there are times when Bruce Willis will like. You know, Bruce Willis will talk for thirty seconds and and be going, "God, you're such a friggin' arrogant, dumb punk." Yeah. yeah. You know, whatever. And he's like giving him the business, and and his reaction to that, which is so not a reaction, where he's just sitting there and he's just going, "You know, shut up, old man." And, right. And he doesn't even have to say right. anything. And he even does that exactly the way that young Bruce Willis would do it. It's right. so cool. And you also get kind of the whole. By the time that scene is over, then you get, you know, you're jumping right back into the chase. And um, there's, there's a really cool part in there where everyone's chasing Bruce Willis. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, wait a minute. And, <laughs> and that, that could have been so silly. Yeah. Kind of. Right. You know? And it wasn't. No, it it was wasn't. perfect. It, it was, was exactly, you know, how that would really happen because – when Bruce Willis is is right there, then it's one thing. Right. When it looks like Bruce Willis is getting away a little bit more, then bang, it's it's, it's a different thing, thing, right? Yeah. yeah. And we have to go another way with it. So, um, you know, seriously, like I don't even know how to like wrap up all the parts that I liked. All the actors were really good, and even though I've been a fan of Bruce Willis since Moonlighting, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I used, I yeah. used to watch Moonlighting, yeah. And, um, I mean, I've been a big fan, but you know, the last like uh, maybe like since like Twelve Monkeys, he was really good in that. I thought, right. and and even then, I thought he, it was surprisingly good because it's a weird, complex thing to have to pull off there too. Uh, time travel movie. But the last, you know, I don't know, the last few years, maybe even since then. I haven't really loved him in anything. You know, I, I've kind of felt like he's gotten to the point where he's okay with kind of just doing work, maybe. You didn't or, like him in, like, The Sixth Sense? I mean, that was the last one. I'm trying to think the if sixth anything sense was since, good, yeah. Anything since The Sixth Sense, which is a really difficult sentence to say. Right. Um, I'm trying to think that I really – was I really I crazy did, about I him? Did I mean, really I did like him in Sin City. I did really like him in The Sixth Sense. He was okay in I liked City. him in Sin City. I don't know, but anyway – But nothing I, like I what know he's that in now. Nothing, this is, this right. is a real huge bump right. to his – not that he needs any and bump on his resume. And this is – well, especially depending on maybe how – old you are or how much you like him in various right. things. Um, like a good example is like, I really liked Die Hard and mm -hmm. I thought he was really good in it. And the sequels are kind of okay, mm -hmm. but for what he does in them, I, you know, I kind of feel like he's, you know, he gets to just say I'm Bruce Willis and show up for work. Right. right. In this movie, I mean, it is like really seriously good acting, and he's doing awesome right. at it. Right. And it just, you know, recharges his status, I guess, as, you know, he's he's not just, you know, action star guy who, 
you know, for the most part, I mean, I know all the action people will kill me now, but for the most part, right, big action movies are not necessarily where you go and, wow, he can act, right? Yeah. I mean, it's not like super impressive acting yeah. that's going on. And in this, even though it's kind of an action movie, I mean, he has tricky stuff to do, yeah. and he does it really well. And the same with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah. He has hard things to pull off, and he does them really well. Even some things... A lot of times, unfortunately, the things that are impressive that you want to talk about are the things that seem really simple, like uh, the scene where Joseph Gordon-Levitt is in the room with Abe, and it's all whether or not he's going to give up his friend. Right. And and both of them, Jeff Daniels is Abe, both of them are awesome in that scene. Yeah. And, you know, kind of to like maybe the untrained movie-watching eye, it hardly seems like either one of them are doing anything at right. all. It just Except looks like they're, they're doing lines, it but they're... really impressively. Yeah. And, and, you know, he's giving you, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is giving you like the exact, the exact reactions he should have. Yeah. He's like letting you know the struggle that he's actually kind of going through because he does not want to give up. He does And there's a moment where you see the conflict and he's just like, right. you know, and he literally says to him, he goes, what if I don't? And then Abe's like, well, here's what we're going to do. You know, I'm, he's like, I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying this is what's going to happen. Right. And then he knows what's at stake and what he can lose. And then he's like, all right, you win. Here, right. Here's how it is. Right. And you, know, and, and you see that all play in his and, face. And there's just – he eventually gets to a point where he decides that there, he doesn't really have a choice. Yeah. And he just kind of – it's not even that he's making a, a choice. He's just like kind of – he's accepting yeah. the resignation to the fate that there right. there isn't a real choice that he can make about it. And, you know, to give us all that just is sitting in this chair. Right. He, it's all really good. And that's just like one tiny example that of happens everything over over that, yeah. that he pulls off in this movie. And uh, so, like, we're getting to co- close in time, and it's almost like we haven't talked about much uh, about the movie. Um, and there's just so much stuff. And even um, – God, I'm blanking on her name now. Emily Blunt. Right. Who uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt meets up with eventually. She's got a farm and, you know, God knows what this crazy farmness in the future is and everything. But she's just there by herself with her kid on the farm. And, uh, you know, we should talk about Sid, too, because even though that gets us mildly into spoiler territory, but I think you were um, exactly right. And it's funny because I saw some interviews with Ryan Johnson about how young Sid was when they filmed this. Right. And yet they say he's Ted. I, and I can't remember. He was like six. I remember I, I remember seeing something real quick like that I had forgotten when we saw the film. When Joe shows up to the farm and she says, much like later when other people show up, she's like, yeah, my husband, he's in town. He'll be right back. Right. She said he was 10, you know, but that's the lie to say that he's not who you're looking for. Oh, that that, that, that could, really the kid is really only supposed to be like five or six. Right. And I mean, he he looks right because we lo- talked he about looks this. Really young. Like, that's and, the youngest ten year old. Right. I, I just know that ten was mentioned and right. And, and so maybe it was just another because and that goes I through just his, glossed over I, it. Yeah, I, I did too with something. you because he says you know and it's this fun moment because the kid calls her a liar you know and because she's right. constantly telling little lies about stuff and that was one of them. Right. But I just took it. I was like, oh, of course he's well, supposed to be ten. Wow. And and he's convinced that. She's not his mom right. when she actually is. And there's a good story to why he's convinced about yeah. that. But so anyway, uh, Sid turns out to be one of the these 
the three kids that right. may or may that not may or may not be, be the, the rainmaker. be the rainmaker. And his address is the only information Joseph Gordon-Levitt has. And so he goes there and he's just going to stake the place out because he says the older me is going to be here eventually, which doesn't necessarily make sense because, you know, Sid will be – the Rainmaker will be in the last place you look for him. (laughs) And if we're done looking for him, then he won't go there. But anyway, um, but so he decides this is the only way I'm going to – find him because I know he's going to come here. So he goes and stakes the place out, right? Yeah. So then he's got to, you know, be around Emily Blunt. And so they have their whole thing. And then Sid, the very precocious, however old he is kid, you know, he has a couple of scenes with various things happening. He has a scene with Joseph Gordon-Levitt and he is amazing. He's Beyond uh, he, awesome, he is so his age. he is so good at uh, pulling off the stuff he's supposed to do <laughs> that he is actually creepy in exactly the way that he's supposed to be creepy as the kid. When you when we watched the playing. possession, one of the things you had as a gripe, which is well founded, was you thought that the director was asking the the kid to emote something that she couldn't possibly have gotten that right, the demon right. could have. Asking this kid, who's seven years younger, maybe at least than that girl, right. to have these emotions that he is supposed to have, and to have him nail them, and, I mean, and, to and actually go beyond nailing them, like he goes above and beyond, right. is not just impressive. It's actually like honestly, like jaw dropping to be he, like this kid even, just did that. Wow. Yeah, and even when. Um, he does kind of simple things. There, there's a part he like he he's just coming down the stairs and he makes a little gun motion with his hand. Right. And, there's a bad guy in the house. And, and to to even do do that little scene like exactly right. Right. It is it's hard huge. to do that exactly the way that the kid would 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 right. sell that in yeah. in reality. I mean, that was really cool. And yeah. the way that he, like, makes a noise in the other room, then opens the door, and he's, yeah. you know, and he's he's exactly who that kid is. And, right. But when they're sitting around at that one part, that he's table. trying to build the communication thing, whatever. Yeah. Man, that is just like, That's you, an you wish you could take, the, like, just that two minutes and watch it a few right. times. Right. I mean, it is that good. And even just to see him with what he does get to play – and, you know, he's in the room with Emily Blunt and Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who both are really, really good actors. Right. And he is, like, the most impressive thing yeah. to look at. You can't take your eyes <laughs> off that is, kid. Once that you see him at first, up. right. Yeah. It's it's huge. All right. We got so, less than two yeah, minutes. We're, so we're gotta, totally – We're totally uh, – it, it, it was funny because we were talking about the movie so much and very rarely – I don't think it's ever happened that we've walked out of a movie yet and we're on like almost the 30th show or something yeah. where we both walked out and went, yep, I love that. Right. Or, or even like, <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. We, I think yeah. we, I think we maybe walked out one time and said, well, that happened. Or, yeah. You know, something like that. <laughs> yeah. and, and still we, but we weren't right. that clear, but this one right. we were just like, yeah, forget it. Yeah. Um, there's that, no reason. That, that was awesome. Well, so, I think you looked at me and you're like, can you come up with a reason why that's not amazing? <laughs> right. I was like, yeah. Yeah, I was I was thinking probably this would be the time that you would come over, you know, just before I the show totally starts flipped. and go, yeah, man, that was the worst movie. Yeah. So um, anyway, like I said, we have to wrap up. I don't know what we're going to do next week, but, um, you know, It'll be one this the other. for me is five stars. Yeah. 
I mean, I'd, I, I could be like crazy nitpicky about stuff and, you know, the say problems are not half, worth it. Yeah, the problems aren't worth They just aren't. It. And yeah. there's like no movie, I don't care what it is, that I walk out of the theater like this glad that I went to the right. movies and right. try and figure out a way to make it not be five stars right. just for the sake of... You don't want to give a five-star I don't, rating. That's right. not worth I, it. I only give amazing. four or five-star ratings right. a year and this right. is whatever. But, yeah. but man, talk about executing exactly what you're trying to be. I mean, yeah. that's like we've talked about my sort of theory. And yeah. I mean, man, this just nailed I, everything. We're we're going to be out of time. I'm with you. It was a five-star film. Yeah. You know, there are problems, but they're not big enough to take away from it. All right. So, cool. Both five stars. That's this is first. That's, that's a new a first. One. Yeah. All right. We have to go and it's it's going to end. We will see you next week. Thanks. Thanks. Cabela's is coming to Northern Virginia with their spectacular new store in Gainesville. Find everything you need for hunting, fishing, camping, and shooting sports, plus much more. Join us for our grand opening celebration Thursday, March 9th at 10 a.m. Be one of the first 500 in line and receive a Cabela's gift card worth up to $500, plus a chance to win one of three Remington firearms. See store for details. Don't miss Cabela's grand opening in Gainesville, located off I-66 and Highway 29 near Virginia Gateway.